0: Hi, this is the Restless Ben Podcast, and I'm your host, Ben Orndorf. All the podcast stories are available, complete with pictures, at RestlessBen.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, at RestlessBen, and subscribe to the Restless Ben YouTube channel for video compilations. Today's episode is about striking off into the heart of the Sri Lankan Highlands to World's End Park and Horton Plains. With a bit of beetle nut to put a bounce in our step and make our mouths numb, some new friends and I conquer several rewarding hikes. I could barely see the road through the foggy windshield as we went careening through the darkness towards Horton Plains National Park. The driver didn't seem to mind the jarring clang of the long-expired shocks bottoming out as we bumped along up the mountain pass road, occasionally wiping the glass with his hand and squinting to make sure we didn't miss one of the hairpin turns. We wound along the serpentine cutbacks higher up into the mountains overlooking the peaks below, silhouetted by a thin reddish-orange glow fading into powder blue, and then into the still starry night sky above. I tongued the finely ground Sri Lankan coffee that had lodged itself between my teeth as the caffeine started to take effect. Maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome, but I had begun not to mind the stuff. Beats Nescafe instant coffee. The hike was a two and a half hour loop through lush rainforests, past waterfalls, and along the cloud forest cliffs of World's End. The overgrown trail, a few feet from the edge, occasionally cleared, exposing the picturesque valley below. Without any guardrails to protect hikers, a German tourist had met her demise a few months ago taking a selfie. I made a mental note to resist the urge to tempt fate and ask somebody else to take a picture with a safe distance between me and the sheer drop to the forest canopy far below. Along the trail, we encountered an elk that had clearly become accustomed to people and had almost certainly been fed. Pavlovian response in full swing, it came over to us slobbering and licking its lips in anticipation of a Snickers bar or some other human food delicacy. Although we heeded the signs and resisted the urge to slip him a snack, we did get some great pictures without the fancy cameras, since he was anything but shy. We'll be right back after this. It had been three days since I made the eight hour bus journey from the southern Sri Lankan surf town of Mirisa up to the mountain town of Nuwara Elia. The buses fill up at the station, but I was able to get a seat with my backpack lodged in next to my legs before it was too late. The bus stops along the road for women and children, but only slows down for young men, who are expected to run and hop into the open back door, where the bus money collector squares up with riders. Behind the wheel, there is invariably a Sri Lankan bus driver with a cheek full of betel nut, the local stimulant, chewing intensely and liberally laying on the horn as he plays chicken with oncoming traffic. Despite the Mad Max driving style on the roads, there's a certain organization to the mayhem. For one, horns are actually used to alert fellow drivers to each other's presence during passing and blind turns, as opposed to their sole purpose in Western culture as an after the fact, fuck you device. There's also a pecking order with buses at the top of the food chain, followed by trucks, then vans, tuk-tuks, and finally mopeds. So if a bus is coming directly at you in your lane, you slow down and steer as far under the shoulder as possible. Slower vehicles will move further onto the shoulder to allow you to pass after i I'm here honk that's not considered rude. It's all a bit nerve-wracking, but everyone seems to know how the other will react. Predictability makes it a bit safer, I suppose. It was just past dusk as I boarded the third and last bus of my trip up to the mountains. Even in the dark, I could tell that we had gained altitude as I shivered in the board shorts and tank top I had donned that morning. A quick sweep of the bus revealed that I was the only one not wearing long pants and some people were wearing knit caps. Even though I was cold, it was refreshing to be in the cool, dry air after the humid, mosquito-ridden evenings on the coast. The bus seats filled up quickly, and I saw a man give his spot to a woman that boarded the bus during one of the many roadside stops. The next woman that boarded was young and able-bodied, but I figured I'd give it a whirl. In Washington, D.C., if I were to offer my seat to a woman that wasn't pregnant, on crutches, or 179 years old, my attempted chivalry might be viewed as perpetuation of a dated patriarchal practice, or even downright rude. On this Sri Lankan bus, however, my gesture was gratefully accepted, with a warm smile. My tuk-tuk from the bus station dropped me off on the outskirts of town at the Laughing Leopard Hostel, around 8pm. When I rounded the back of the building, I walked directly into the consolidated outdoor chill area, where I was greeted by about 15 cheery hostel-goers, sipping lion beer and puffing away on hand-rolled cigarettes. In the grassy yard to my right, a staff member was coaxing a bonfire to life. Nothing like a communal area with good vibes, especially considering it was Christmas Eve. In addition to exploring Horton's Plains, an Australian guy from the hostel and I took a Dumb and Dumber style moped trip around the tea plantations, a British colonial hand-me-down which still thrives today. The following day, a group of us hiked up Adams Peak for sunrise, which entailed a grueling 6,000 plus stair climb to a temple at the summit. The temple is known for Shripada, the sacred footprint a six-foot rock formation resembling a footprint that is thought to belong to Buddha, Shiva, or Adam, depending on if you ask a Buddhist, a Hindu, a Muslim, or a Christian. I am none of the above, and I think it resembles a rock formation. We started the hike at around 2.45am, and I arrived at the top, drenched with sweat, a bit before 4.15am. I had passed all sorts of people on the way up, including sweet little old ladies, who were making the religious journey slowly, but with steely determination. At the top, there were hordes of people who huddled together under blankets, trying to get some sleep before sunrise. I found a little ledge of a temple compound that overlooked some of the rituals taking place to climb up onto and lay down. Thankfully, I had picked up a light rain jacket and beanie at the markets that day, which kept me warm after I had shed my wet t-shirt. As sunrise became imminent, the crowds began amassing along the eastern terraces of the temple. People began jockeying for positions, so I decided to start my descent and enjoy dawn from the empty stairs. I stopped along the way at a tea shack for some of the colonial beverage and a hearty Sri Lankan biscuit. The stairs that had been crawling with tourists and pilgrims a few hours before were utterly empty. I hummed happily to myself as I took in the sunrise while bounding down towards the valley. A quick dip in a mountain stream near the path only raised my spirits higher. They were so high I skipped right past the trail that led back to our chartered van and an additional five kilometers down the mountain to the other side of the park. Not realizing that there were no direct roads back to New Arla, Elia, I used a tuk-tuk driver's phone to tell the others not to wait for me. Once I finally picked up reception and took a gander at Google Maps, I realized the gravity of my situation. I spent the next four hours running like a local to hop into the back of buses and circumnavigate a massive national park to get back to the hostel. That night, to ensure that everyone could share in my suffering, I picked up enough betel nut to share with my new hostel friends. We all chewed, spat, and agreed that it is a very unpleasant pastime. More for the bus drivers, I guess. Thanks for tuning in. Check out RestlessBen.com for all the stories complete with pictures. At the bottom, there's a contact form to get all the newest podcast episodes sent directly to your inbox, as well as new travel videos and blog posts so you can keep up with my whirlwind adventures. I've also included links at the bottom of my blog to some of my favorite gear on Amazon.com. Regardless what you buy, if you use my link to reach the Amazon portal before you get whatever it is your heart desires, I get a tiny little ad revenue. It doesn't cost you a dime, and it helps me stretch my travel a bit longer. I'm basically like a Girl Scout, but instead of delicious cookies, it's pretty much anything you can imagine. And instead of using the money to go camping, I'm using it to avoid going back to work. But I'll probably use some of it to go camping too. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben Orndorf and I'll be back next week with a new episode of Restless Ben.